The following show contains adult content. It's not our intent to offend anyone, but we want to inform you that if you are a child under the age of 18 or get offended easily, this next show may not be for you. The content, opinions, and subject matter of these shows are solely the choice of your show hosts and their guests, and not those of the Entertainment Network or any affiliated stations. Any comments or inquiries should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for listening. Hey everyone, and welcome to 50 Shades of Bullshit. I'm your host, Christine Lalonde, and this is the podcast where we uncover the truth about online dating. Now let's begin. Hey everyone, I'm Christine. I'm Jada. And this is 50 Shades of Bullshit. Hey Jada, how's it going this week? I am fantastic, beautiful. How are you? How's your week? What's been going on in your world? Uh, you know, I'm just working like a dog and, um, my, my light is really weird today. Let's see if we can fix that. Mine's very bright. Yeah. So is mine. I look all washed out and I I put makeup on. So that's how I determine what's happening for my week. (laughs) It's always Thursday. It's always putting makeup on, you know, things like that. Um, so today we're talking about like a sexless relationship to a sexified relationship. And, uh, (laughs) well, you know, I've never had, um, a dating relationship that's been sexless. I, I have went from a really, you know, sexified marriage to a sexless marriage. And that's pretty much when I knew my husband was having the affair. So, you know, I mean, there was that. There was that, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, have, how do you relate to today, Jada? You know what? There's a, a lot of different ways. First of all, who doesn't want to talk about sex? Like, can we just say that? Yeah. Let's um, talk about sex, baby. baby. <laughs> but, um, uh, there's so many different ways. I, I, similar to you, I think that is partially how I found out my ex-husband was cheating. So there's that there yep. too. Yep, yep, Um. But there's a lot. I, I'm interested, actually, to hear um, our guest, what she's going to say. I've watched some of her stories on Instagram, and I'm fascinated. Girl. So I cannot wait. <laughs> she is a wild thing on Instagram. She is wild, but I love it. Me so. <laughs> too. Me too. Today was how to fuck titty fucks. I- I saw it with the banana. It was with the banana. I was like, wait a minute. I had to yeah, watch it again. Girl. She is a wild thing. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. So, yeah, it's, today should be fun. Um, It'll be fun. I, I always like talking about sex on this show. I mean, it's always a great topic, you know, um, how to, you know, recently we had how to satisfy yourself or, or pleasure yourself. Um, mm-hmm. It was a few weeks ago, and that was amazing. Um, you know, we... I think that I grew up in the age of like in the eighties where people didn't talk about sex. I mean, you couldn't even talk about being gay or lesbian at that time. So it's wild to think that people would really didn't talk about sex. You know, my mother never talked to me about sex. Um, You know, it was embarrassing to talk to your friends and it wasn't until I got older and um, you know, gone through a couple marriages that, you know, I felt more comfortable Mm -hmm. talking to my friends about sex or talking to my dates about sex and, um, you know, are my partners. Yeah. And I think that we should free that shit up, you know, we should be open about it. Yeah. Yeah. I went to Catholic school, so it was very different. 
for mm-hmm. me, it was not talked about. Um, mm-hmm. But now I look at where we are now with social media and all that's going on and it's so open and out there. I love it. I it absolutely is. love it. Yeah. I have a funny story. So when I was 21, um, I had been dating a, um, a guy for a couple of years that was LDS, which is Mormon. And mm-hmm. when he went off to uh, his mission, I, I actually joined the Mormon church. Um, you know, I'm going to be honest, not so much for the, the religion itself, but for really the sense of family and community mm-hmm. that I didn't have growing up. And I had a boyfriend that I had, you know, been dating in the church after I joined the church and moved to Utah, of all things. Um, (laughs) He would say things like, we can't fornicate. And I was Mm. like, what's fornicate? (laughs) What does that even (laughs) mean? (laughs) And so Mm -hmm. they didn't even say the word sex. It wasn't like, we can't have sex or... I'm, I've committed to saving sex until I get married, you know, and had of an open talk about it. It was, we can't fornicate. And if Mm. I, if I touch you, if we do anything, I have to go tell my bishop. And so it was really, honestly, for the longest time, the weirdest thing to to talk about that type of subject. Now we're so open about it and I absolutely love it. Well, I could imagine it was probably uncomfortable. Just, it just... Yeah. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to find something to clean my, my camera because I think my camera is super dirty. So forgive my fingers, <laughs> folks. Oh, well. I think you look great. You can't tell. I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> well, let's introduce our host. So we're talking about sexless to sexify today. How mm-hmm. to avoid and overcome. Well, Heather Tucker is a certified Christian sex coach for women. She is a two-time best-selling author for her books, Damn Weight Loss Plateau. It helps women get back to <laughs> back to their sexy after having kids. And her second book, let's see if I can find this one, Why Doesn't My Husband Want Me? It helps couples avoid and overcome a sexless marriage. Now, Heather is the creator of Sexify, her program that helps women overcome religious sexual shame. Da, da, da. There we go. Release their sexy confidence, female sexuality, and empower into their lives and relationships. So let's bring on Heather Tucker. Let's have a good time now. Here we go. Let's have fun. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Heather. So I find, Heather, that it's not just, you know, uh, um, I think in this day and age, it's not just people having a hard time talking about sex. I do think it is a, around religion. Oh, yeah. Is that what you find? Yeah. Religion, culture, society, rules generational stigmas you know where like the grandma wasn't comfortable then the mom wasn't comfortable and now the kids aren't comfortable so it can come from a lot of different types of you know backgrounds yeah i love that now heather first of all thank you for being here you're a rock star your your freaking instagram (laughs) just keeps me entertained for hours on end i i was dying i was laughing so damn hard i couldn't I barely stopped myself from peeing my pants yesterday. So I, I'm thrilled you're here. So what got you into being a sex coach and much less a Christian sex coach yeah. for women? I mean, really, it's my whole background and, 
you know, the whole premise of not being comfortable when I <laughs> was a kid. And, you know, we all are sexual beings. We feel it. You know, there, there comes a time in each one of our lives where we actually, can, you know, feel the turn on sensations. Our body starts to change. Uh, we have questions. And because we trust our parents so deeply, of course, that's no normally the first person we go and, and, and ask questions to, you know, like for me, I, I, I mean, I talk about all the time in my book, it's I mm -hmm. went to my mom. I love my mom. She's my best friend. And so, of course, I wanted to go to her and say, hey, like, you know, I think my period's starting. And uh, hey, there's this boy down the street. And every time I'm near him, you know, I get the clammy hands and, and my heart starts racing and I feel these little twinges and then I get wet. Like, what? what is that? You know, <laughs> and uh, and she was so uncomfortable. <laughs> she was so uncomfortable. She would, she would look, well, that's not happening. It's, you know, you're too young to start your period. You're too young to have, you know, those kinds of feelings. Like I didn't choose. And then she would compare to herself. Like I didn't get those feelings until I was like almost 20. And I, and I was like 12 or 13, I think at the time. And I'm like, well, is something wrong with me? No, um, something was wrong with your mother. She was denying her stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that she, was she was denied. She was in denial. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I think. So like the whole time I would ask her questions and she would just say, Shh, we don't talk about sex. You're going to find out one day when you get married, everyone oh finds out when they get married. And, you know, like I talk about all the time in, in my book and when I'm on stages, you know, presenting as a keynote, I'm like, that just didn't, that, that wasn't okay. In my Heather brain, like that wasn't enough information for me. So I went kind of hog crazy after I left the house. <laughs> yeah. Well, didn't all of us. <laughs> right. I think, I think most of us who were sheltered or overprotected went a little fucking nuts when we left home. So it's normal. Yeah. 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 So, um, did you get married young? Not, not super young. I'm on my second marriage now. So my first okay. marriage, mm -hmm. I was, I think I was 22 around there. That's pretty young. So, I mean, you know, not super, mm -hmm. I wasn't right out of high school, you know? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. like I left the house and then I uh, became a hoe. So I could have had a business card. <laughs> 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 I think I don't know if my whole card is up yet. I, I think I, know. I love I, I, it. I a, the business card. I am a hoe. Would you like to subscribe? <laughs> so yeah, I I, uh, I went on a, an adventure, you know, for like three years. And, I know. <laughs> and then, like, I actually started to notice that every like time I would had had sex and you know spread my legs, while it felt good emotionally I started to kind of feel like, um, an emptiness, you know, like, yeah. I was like, man, every time I kind of feel like I'm giving a part of my soul to someone and yeah. I didn't really understand what that was or why I felt worse, you know, afterwards. Yeah. Uh, and then I met Jesus, you know, so I, I came into a relationship with God and for a couple of years I was like, Oh man, this feels amazing. Like I'm on top of the world. This doesn't even compare to the feelings of having sex. This is like a spiritual high. And so I went on this abstinent thing for like a couple of years, which going from ho face to abstinence was like hmm. crazy, crazy drastic. A big change. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's mm -hmm. a pretty drastic change. Yeah. Uh, especially when Christianity just wants you to 
keep your mouth shut about sex and <laughs> also um, wait, 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 wait until you are married yeah. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And most of the people I met in the church when I first started going to church were still virgins. And here I was, I had a hope pass card, you know, <laughs> and so, like, I, they had questions though. They, and they could, they could, they knew then I, I never said it out loud, but just the way that a person moves when you've had experience, you know, you could, it just kind of radiates off of you, you know? Uh, yeah. Um, I call it a sexual ooze. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's like comes out of your pores. So yeah. people behind closed doors were coming to me back then, even asking questions, you know, like what, how, how do you do this? And, uh, you know, and stuff like that. So uh, around that time is when I met my ex-husband and, and we were married for about four years. And then we had our first two kids from that marriage very abusive so they didn't last long mm -hmm. like four years mm -hmm. and then i met my now husband chuck who we have another kid with and now we've been married for 21 years okay and so what got you on this journey what what got you on the path to like um you know the the sexless marriage uh to you know sexified how did how did you get there yeah well chuck was a virgin when i met him so oh. he loved <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he loved. He actually loved that I had experience. He was like, oh, no. Jennifer. Yeah. I know. <laughs> he was like, oh my god. I'm sure he did. Yeah. So I had no problem taking his virginity, of course, you know, with his permission. And um, then we got married, you know, shortly after. And so we were crazy. Like we were crazy. Like our our sex life was insanely crazy at first like it was all the time we had no problem putting the kids in front of you know barney or whatever it was at the time <laughs> <laughs> and we would like run up the the stairs you know and we would have lots and lots of time together lots of time together now yeah. he was he is an amazing lover like i taught him really well so every single time he knows that the goal of being with a woman. So if we ever, something ever happens to us and he gets with someone else, like I've taught him, well, you always <laughs> please the woman first and she loves oral. So you better be like going down on her and kissing and all the kind of thing. So he always brings me to an orgasm, never any problem there. So while that was happening, we were really good. I also still had this desire to like touch myself because like I've always self-pleasured and that's just been a part of my life since a very you know young age. Mm -hmm. I kept it secret because of my religion. And then when I was married, I still kept it secret. So I would get packages of sex toys <laughs> and I would be like hiding them in my shoes and in my boots and stuff. And so I still be like, <laughs> I, so when we were done having sex ourselves, and I didn't feel done, but he was done because he was like tired or whatever, he'd like go shower and leave the room. And I was like, oh, I'm going to, you know, do whatever. Like I'd lie to him and I'd go grab a toy and then I would continue like a couple times, you know. So I kept all of that from him and held a lot of shame and guilt because I thought at that time, that self-pleasure was against, you know, what God had in mind. And I thought mm -hmm. you could add toys because the mm -hmm. yeah. gave this feeling that you shouldn't bring in a toy and you should only be pleased with your husband's dick. And like, that's it. And so there was some of that. And then we decided to have a kid mm -hmm. together and we ended up having two miscarriages and um, both of them went all the way to about four and a half months or so. So I was, you know, I was showing. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, sorry about that. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was really hard at the time. Like mm -hmm. I went through a lot of pain. Uh, I actually broke off my relationship with God for a little bit because I was like, how could you let this happen mm -hmm. twice? It was yeah. crazy. And of course he went through a lot of pain, you know, as well. And so when we finally got pregnant with Josh, I was sicker than a dog. I had a pick line in me. I went to the hospital a bunch of times for being dehydrated. They told us not to have sex because we'd had the two miscarriages. Mm -hmm. So after we had him, you know, here's our miracle baby together. And, you know, six weeks postpartum when the doctor said, hey, like you can totally go have sex now. And I was like, yay. <laughs> uh, like I thought, hey, Ho is back in town. Ho yes, is. Yes. Like, well, we get to go back to being normal again, you know? Like all, yeah. I didn't, like all the same stuff was just gonna automatically work. I didn't think anything, like right. when I didn't think anything wrong was ever gonna happen in our marriage because it was so good before and right. all of that. You know? And so I still remember getting totally dolled up, doing my hair. I even like wore my fake lashes, which I'm not actually wearing today. I was lazy today, but I put <laughs> the fake lashes on. I always wear my red lip and I put the lingerie and I had the sexy boots and the R&B music, which is my favorite. Like I did all, this, all the Aww. stuff. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> all the stuff that he normally would be like you know, get over here or whatever. And yeah. so, <laughs> so I did all the things, but the thing that I did not expect is for Chuck to physically pick me off, up, uh, off of him and put me to the side. Oh no. First, yeah. When I climbed on top and did all the same things, he loves me on top normally. And I was like, what can I cuss on here? Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I was like, like, because in my head, I was like, what the fuck just happened? Like, he never has said no to me, like, ever, you know? So yeah. I asked him, I'm like, are you okay? Like, what just happened? And, and he's like, yeah, I just don't really feel, you know, that great. So no problem, you know? And then, like, a couple days later, I tried again, and same thing. He, he said no. Mm -hmm. And then at that point, like, the second or either the third time, then that's when I started to... Like it, I took it in as rejection. I'm like, yeah. But like, so then I started being like, did I do something wrong? Am I too fat? Like, so then I went inward mm. and I was like trying to figure Made it out. yourself. Yes. Yes. Perfect. And I started to like beat myself up. And I was like, is it, you know, because we had so much sex before and I, and, and all of this. And then I don't know. So it was so crazy because I honestly still to this day, even though we're five years on the other side of that, I still don't have a concrete, concrete answer. Like we have some of it and we've been able to overcome mm. and everything, but I still don't have all, 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 all of it, you know? And that was what made it hard because here's someone yeah. who's made a commitment to you. They say, I love you. I will never leave you and, and all of that. And all of yeah. a sudden you have no answers and you know, you're being told no when you initiate. And that was very, very, very painful. Was he yeah. saying anything when you, were you asking him or you're saying what the fuck's going on or, or am I not attractive to you anymore? Or what yep. was his answers to that? No, he said it has nothing to do with you. He's like, I still mm -hmm. find you attractive. You're still mm -hmm. sexy. Like, I still desire you. You still turn me on. He just, he didn't want it. He, he just would mm. kept saying no. Yeah. Okay. So you've, you're now faced with this dilemma that you have uh, a sexless marriage who, whose husband says he still wants you, but he's not wanting you. Yeah. So what <laughs> but did you do? But there's no sex. 
Yeah, yeah. there's no sex. Yeah. We had uh, plenty of non-sexual type of touches. So we still uh, kissed, you know, and we would still hold hands and we would still snuggle mm -hmm. on the couch. Um, he's always been my best friend. And, and still, even during that time, we still did best friend type of things. Like we would go and do things, to, you know, with each other. Okay. There were still dates. Uh, we still had date night. Uh, there was still listening of music. Uh, you know, the R&B sexy stuff and, and all of that. But there was just there was no intercourse and there was no like the kissing kind of became more uh, like pecking versus mm. um, like making out, you know, you know, type of sexing or type. of. So sex. there was there was some type of intimacy, but not intimacy. Right. Like you were. Yeah. Yeah. There was affection, but not intimacy. affection and intimacy. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So what did you do? What, what was your, what was your step that, what did you think you needed to do? Well, I mean, first of all, I prayed. I mean, that was my first thing. Uh, then I asked for prayer because I was involved in the women's ministry and uh, we actually led Bible studies in our home during this whole thing too. Like mm. no one knew really like what was happening. <laughs> um my kids were still in the youth group. I was singing in the choir. My husband was uh, uh, played the the bass guitar in the band. So I mean, all we still were very involved, um, but no one but no one actually knew what was happening. So I would secretly ask a couple of the the women's Bible study leaders, like, would you please pray? Not giving them specifics. I just said, like, our marriage isn't what it used to be. And that, I didn't say nothing about sex because even in church, you can't talk about sex still today. Like yeah. you're married, you got kids, you know, you're having sex, but they just don't make it an open, you know, conversation to have, which I think is so freaking stupid. But um, so I, I, did, I couldn't tell the whole the whole story. So they would pray, you know, uh, and then uh, I started to listen to podcasting, you know, like marriage podcasts and I would uh, go get some books. So I, I read a bunch of marriage books and uh, nothing really specifically was around sexlessness though at that time. I mean, you see it a little bit more these days. There's, there's more people coming out talking about their sexless marriage, but back then, like this was like years ago, back yeah. then no one was admitting any of that kind of stuff. And if it was, it was like the, the man and his wife didn't want it. I never mm -hmm. really heard stories of the husband not wanting not it. Wanting and, it. And the wife being the one that had more of the the drive so mm -hmm. i tried as much as i could i even like sometimes would take my earbud out and so that chuck could hear on purpose some of the things mm -hmm. i was listening to but <laughs> it annoyed the shit out of him like i'm sure it did it, like, it literally pissed it, it made it worse it pissed him off um i also <laughs> I would start circling dates on the calendar, like to the last time that we would have sex. And then I would go and actually show Chuck the calendar. So mm. look, like this is when we had sex and it's been like months, you know? And I would say, don't you miss it too? So then I would put it <laughs> back on him. Like, aren't you getting blue balls? Like, isn't your, like, isn't, don't you have issues? You know? <laughs> so I basically tried everything. And then because I wasn't able to get my needs met and I was still horny, I would just take care of myself. So, you know, then there was even more times of self-pleasure and uh, secretly I was watching porn, you know, and mm -hmm. like doing all the things, you know, just to try and like 
get my get myself physically taken care of while mentally and emotionally I was like dying inside. Yeah. Like I literally was walking around with death inside me. It was horrible, horrible feeling. Yeah, yeah, I know that feeling. Actually, <clears throat> my first marriage uh, to to the my two older daughters' dad, he was really asexual. And it didn't matter to him if he had it or not. And so I, I know, I know exactly how that feels mm -hmm. to, to mm -hmm. have the higher sex drive and the husband not have the higher sex drive. I get it. So, yeah, that's tough. Um, so what did you wind up doing, Heather? Well, okay. So imagine 12 years of me having no problem. 12 years. Yeah. <laughs> It was 12, what? yeah, no, it was 12 years of sexlessness. Ah! I mean, Heather. Oh, Heather, girl. That's a long time. <laughs> you got some patience, sister. Yeah. Well, not really, but I mean, um, I don't have patience, but I have, I have loyalty and I have um uh, sticking it outness you know whatever you call that wow um, and i and i have faith you know i have faith in god wow. and you know and i know and i still know that god's best for our marriages is to have abundance in the bedroom i mean he created sex and he created abundance and so i know that those two go together mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. while i didn't experience it for 12 years i i kept the faith that it would come back <laughs> at some point. <laughs> and it did. Yes, and it did. It did. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. Here's the first yeah. thing that, they, that God showed me. Mm -hmm. I actually felt like I, I was spiritually slapped uh, at this one point because uh, here I was thinking I was doing Chuck a favor by reminding him and, you know, about all the times that we weren't having it and, you know, and having the conversation over and over and over. As soon as he would come home from work, I was here I am again, trying to have sex and talking about sex and, you know, and then asking yeah. why we're not having sex. And I mean, it was like every day for 12 years, mm -hmm. every day. So this one day I'm reading my Bible and of course I'm crying, you know, and I'm yeah. like, praying. I'm like, what the fuck do I do? Like, you know, and I came across this verse uh, and, you know, I, I say randomly, but I know it wasn't, it was obviously God that, you know, was like, Hey, you know, uh, so there's this verse in Proverbs, I think it's 25, and it says, it's better to live on the rooftop of a house than with a nagging wife. Mm. And when I read that, I was like, oh my God, that is like literally what I have been doing this whole time is I was thinking it, I was just being a really good communicator. Like I'm the best communicator. I can't, you know what I mean? <laughs> But it wasn't. It had turned into nagging. And I didn't really know the difference at that time until God showed me that scripture. And then I started to research the difference in the wording and the definition. And I had, had definitely been nagging. And so when I kind of had that light bulb moment, I decided yeah. to not bring that conversation up anymore. I just made that commitment. You know what? If this is what God wants, I'm going to test this thing out and I'm going to see if, if God, you know, rewards me or whatever, you know, by obeying this part, you know, of the Bible. Uh, and so I just took the conversation off the table. I literally stopped asking. I stopped talking about it. Um, I just, you know, just would bring up other things like, how was your day? You know, and um, if he asked about the kids, I would tell him about the kids. If he asked about like my job, I would tell him about my job. 
And I basically just took the conversation about sex. I took the complaint uh, about it off, off the table. table. Now, how did that affect things? Was he, did he at some point turn around and say, Hey, like what's happening? You used to ask me this every day. What, oh, yeah. oh, what's yeah. going on now? Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. Um, I actually stopped asking and then I want to say it was maybe like three weeks to a month. Oh, wow. He Before not... he said anything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I was just very, very consistent, you know, so he knew that this is the new Heather, you know, how sometimes when we make changes in our life, our husband or wife have to see that it's like a real consistent thing before they actually go, oh, this is a new version of her, you know, <laughs> and they mm -hmm. start trusting in that new version and all that. So it was about three or four weeks later. And he said, wow, you know, you haven't actually asked me about it. And I said, yeah, I just decided to not ask you about it anymore because I was shown this verse. And uh, mm. I really started to feel from God kind of showing this to me and shining a light that that's what I was doing as I was nagging you. I was talking about it too much. So I just decided for myself to take that conversation off of the table just to see how it would, you know, would feel with us. And, and he, he, he was very proud of me that he, that I actually took that step without even me asking him if that's what I was doing. He's like, yeah. you saw that in yourself and God showed that to you, you know, all by yourself and you made action steps, you know, behind it. So he was actually really proud of me. Um, and then I started to notice that he was coming home sooner from work ah. and he started to enjoy sitting next to me and actually having conversations with me again because he knew that they weren't going to just turn to sex and mm -hmm. he wasn't going to feel like he was in trouble all the time, which <laughs> is how he felt before. Got it. Got it. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Sorry, guys. Um, my dog decided to chew my internet. <laughs> All the way through today, and I had I had my uh, spectrum come out and fix it, but it's still lagging. So if I disappeared, you guys just keep going. You're doing yeah. great. Um, you know, uh, you know, one of our listeners today, Lola. Um, I actually know Lola from about ten or so years ago. I was her wedding coordinator. She was married. She was married for a couple of years, and she made a comment that said, um, "Sometimes when you give a man a child, he looks at you different in a different light." And mm. I, I really think that's true. Do you think that was true for you? Do you think that that was what made mm. the difference, Heather? Um, I don't, I mean, I know that this is the case for some men. They do, they do tend to look at the vagina a little bit differently. They don't. What do you, what do you guys vagina. think? Yeah, they don't look at the, some, some men don't look at the vagina as a sexual thing anymore. They look at it as this is where my kid came out. So they do have a harder time uh, looking at their woman in a sexual way again. But for Chuck, after doing all this work that we've done, uh, we're pretty we're pretty sure that the reason mm -hmm. why he started to pull back is because he saw how much pain I went through with those miscarriages mm -hmm. and how much pain that he went through. There was a lot of trauma, probably. There was a you lot guys. of trauma, and yeah. he and we're pretty we're like like literally because of all the work we've done and we've gone to therapy and stuff, we're like ninety five percent sure that the main reason is because he didn't want us to experience that again. And he didn't want, you know, me to get pregnant again and, and that kind of wow. thing. So he himself did not look at me differently in that way. He still saw me as a sexual being and he was still attracted to my vagina. Yeah. 
and he still wanted to go down on me. Yeah, and all of that, so. I will say for me, um, my, well, he's my ex-husband now, but um, I had my first son young. Mm. So I'm sorry that I was dumped out of the show. Oh, she's dumped again. Well, that's okay. I'll just, I'll keep going. Okay. Um, so what I was saying is um, I had a, I had my first son very young. I had my first son when I was 18. Um, and then we got married when I was 21. So I was young, but I don't know that he looked at me any different. I think it could be because we were young. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we were kids. So I, I don't even think that was his, his mindset. Um, but I do understand because I've had clients that I've worked with that have gone through that where their spouse looks at them very differently, especially yeah. if they've been there in labor and delivery and witnessed right. all the glory mm-hmm. that is birth. Yeah. I, I work with some clients that have that same experience. And, and I'm sorry, guys. Oh, Christine, can you hear us? Mm-mm. Yeah, I can hear you guys. Okay. Uh, I just, uh, for some reason, my whole system is screwed up today. So I'm sorry, just keep going, my bad. That's okay. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, Heather, what were you saying? Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just saying that I've worked with some clients that like it sounds like you've worked with some clients uh, where that is their personal experience and their husbands are, you know, having a harder time uh, with their own uh, erection and things like that because they're in their head uh, about, you know, the birth of our kid came out. And so I'm having a hard time. Yeah. (laughs) Staying erect, you know. Yeah. Do you find, do a lot of women come to you um, yeah. and discuss yeah, yeah. sexual questions? Yeah, I, I agree with that. Else. So do you? Th- <laughs> oh, no, maybe we lost her. Mm. I don't know what is going on. Um, okay, so uh, I was asking, um, do a lot of women come to you? I watched your Instagram. I'm kind of obsessed. I think I binged, watched every single video over the past few days. Um, do you have a lot of people that come to you and ask you questions about certain things in the bedroom? Is it uncomfortable yes. for you? Yeah, I can imagine. It's not, it's never uncomfortable for me. I'm very, very comfortable talking about sex. Um, it's uncomfortable for them, you know, sometimes, mm-hmm. and they actually feel embarrassed that they're even asking the question, but they also see that there's no one else that they can ask, you know, mm. you. and because I'm so comfortable with it. Um, they'll either respond underneath some of my videos or they'll send me a message on Instagram. Um, I'm also on Clubhouse. And so on on Clubhouse and Instagram, I do host sex Q&A in those platforms. And so a lot of times uh, if someone has a question, I'll be able to answer that for them. And that's for the the woman and uh, the man. So there's a lot of men that have questions about how to please their women um, you know, I have ED. How do I get over that? You know, and so, yeah. I, so I get a lot of different kinds of questions. That's interesting because I was going to ask you if you have men or spouses of the women that come to you ask all the time, mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And my my group program that I have, which I'm sure we'll put the link in the show notes. Um, it's for women, <clears throat> but the husbands also take it with their uh, if they're married, they'll, they'll take it with mm-hmm. their husband. And um, a lot of times as the wife is doing the work, um, the husband is coming to me and saying, thank you. Like there's so there's I, I knew she, there, there's a couple of husbands are like, I knew that that my wife had a beast, a sexual beast in her. And you've helped <laughs> her to 
you know, release you bring her out. Yeah. yeah. And, you, and you've helped her to let go of some of the shame and some of the, the guilt, you know, that she was uh, carrying around, whether it was from like a sexual trauma or a religious upbringing or, you know, or whatever. So yeah, I get a lot of that. And I also work with couples privately as well. Uh, so if they're having uh, marriage, you know, issues, they come to me and I, I, I'm a, I'm a coach, but it's, it's kind of like a counseling session. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm sitting there and I'm hearing about their past and, you know, what's going on. And then I'm asking questions and we're digging deeper and then I'm giving them, you know, some homework, yeah. you know, to do to help, you know, things out in the bedroom. And so, yeah, I, I love what I do, man. It's, it's so, it's so, <laughs> <Me too. laughs> yeah, it's so much fun. Oh, we lost her. Um, we'll just keep going because yes. I'm definitely <laughs> intrigued. Um, so I wanted to ask you a little bit about your, how does your husband feel? Does it, does it make him uncomfortable? Especially because you are, I, Christine and I were talking about this earlier. I watched the banana um, episode <laughs> <laughs> this afternoon and absolutely loved it. Um, but I, I was wondering as I was prepping for this, what does your, how does your husband feel? Is he uncomfortable? Does in some of the videos he's in them? <laughs> yeah, and that um, that's the ones that that my husband's in that took a lot of arm twisting because mm. I mean, there's a couple of things. He's one. He's never been a social media person. He he actually has said he's hated it at some time. Um, wow. He just doesn't. Well, he just you know he knows there's good, but he doesn't like putting his stuff out there. You know, like he's just one of those guys that doesn't really like to air you know his stuff. Yeah. So when I decided that I was going to be a sex coach, you know, I did share with him that there is an important factor of me doing this. I have to put our story out there because if I don't put our story out there, it's not going to be as effective. Like my work won't be as effective. So I need to put our story out there. So I did get permission, you know, from him. Um, he is uncomfortable when I do ask him to do things, he'll do it sometimes. Like he's been on a couple IG lives with me, but it's been like, he's like this, like he's just, <laughs> he's just like, he's, he's not a camera person. He's just uncomfortable in front of the camera. So do but he'll, ask, he'll do it. He'll do it sometimes. <laughs> do you ask him before you shoot the video? Do you ask him, do you, do you say, are you comfortable with me shooting this content or do you just yeah. like, Go for it. Oh, no. nice. oh, I only I only ask him if he's going to be in it. Mm. Other otherwise, like he knows when I went to school to, you know, to become certified, he saw all of the, the classes I was taking. So I'm like, this is all the stuff that I'm going to be talking about, you know, either online or it might come up in a private session, you know. So these are the kind of conversations yeah. I'm going to be having. So He's used to it now. Like I just talk about sex all over the house. My younger son is here. <laughs> my, my younger son is, is 17, almost 18. And if anyone is uncomfortable, it's it's my son because my son, uh, who's my youngest, he is a more of a quiet, you know, person. And so he he sees the value in what I'm doing. He knows our he knows our whole story. So he's he's I've been very open with him. Mm -hmm. And so while he's in that teenage phase, you know, and he doesn't have a girlfriend yet, I'm like, look, like, yes, you're uncomfortable. And, and I know he's, he's a virgin still. So I'm like, but this is all the stuff you're hearing. Like, I know it's going to end up helping you because at some point when you go to actually have sex or you have a relationship or you get married, you know, mm -hmm. if you do kind of struggle, I know that God's going to have these things pop in back. Oh, my mom said you know, this, when she was coaching a client, you know, 
So I know in the long run, it's going to, it's yeah. going to benefit him. Um, my two other sons who are 26 and 23, uh, they both have girlfriends. My, my 26 year old has had some sex issues that have come up. And so I've been able to help him with that so that I've been able to already benefit him. And in, in that way, oh, that's uh, great. My, my middle son, uh, actually has his own son. So I'm a grandma and now they're, they're pregnant, you know, again. And yeah, so for them, when they were able to have sex again, after they had their first kid, um, I was actually able to help them with a couple of, you know, tips to help her with some pain and the vagina and things like that. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's definitely spreading out, you know, yeah. and like my family has seen the, um, you know, the impact that, mm -hmm. that it's been making, you know, for the last several years. And it's, it's incredible. Yeah. I, I just love it. I love it so much, but the more that I do it, the more Chuck is getting comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I love your videos. I love your on stage with me. Like, okay. One of my prayers, you guys, is when I go to churches and I, cause I do get hired to speak, you know, keynote uh, oh. at, at women's retreats and things like that. My goal is, oh my God, it would be so incredible if Chuck could be there and I could do some demo things with him. But you know, that, that's kind of like one of those, that's gotta be, <laughs> God. you literally have to ha lay your hands on Chuck and inspire him to do it with me. But in the, me in the meantime, I'll do it by myself. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> oh um, my gosh. Well, I think, I think it was funny, uh, your video today, how you were demonstrating with banana and the banana kept falling and you were just like picking it back up. So you put it between your boobs again and here you rub. And I was like, oh my gosh. <clears throat> and I... It, it's uh you you're so amazing heather and uh, jada by the way thank you for uh helping with this show today of course and if if you look if i get lost in the matrix again which i very well might do uh jada you might have to wrap up the show for me today okay. but, um, <laughs> um i'm just putting it out there so uh heather i i i love this i did miss some of the things you were talking about i did see that uh lola also made a comment about how it's acceptable for a man to masturbate, but it's not acceptable nowadays for women to masturbate, that it's kind of like um, that pleasure, it, mm. it's shameful. But I think that we should get past all of that and um, really understand that our bodies were built for pleasure. Why not understand our own pleasure before we can give pleasure to others? Exactly, yeah. I am a, a huge proponent of masturbation uh, by mm -hmm. yourself, having time by yourself, you know, cause I think it's a way to self love, you know, tapping into loving on ourselves, giving ourselves kind of like a, a break, you know, from life and, and sort of doing a recharge, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so I'm a big proponent when I work with, you know, couples and even with Chuck and myself, we, we both have our separate times, you know, that we spend by ourselves. Um, and then we still come together, you know? And so, mm -hmm. Um, and since we both have been open and sharing that we masturbate and now we're, we don't hide it anymore, we're very open, uh, you know, our sex life has actually gotten way better in that way because now we're able to share, you know, what That's works great. for me and like what brings pleasure for me. And he's able to say the same thing to me. So now I, I, I thought I gave, you know, kick-ass blowjobs before my whole life. <laughs> and, and I know I did. Like, I know. I know. I was great. But, now I now I understand that each man is different and each woman mm -hmm. is different. 
And while, you know, some things gave pleasure to another man I might have been with, it might not actually do the same thing for Chuck. So, you know, it's all individualized. And so when you guys are married or in dating relationships, it's very important to have a sex conversation, you know, about what turns you on. Also, you, you need to have conversations with people that you're with, like what is on the table, what's off the table, mm-hmm. and what's like a maybe that I might be open to at some some point. And we still have to bring mutual consent into a committed you know, relationship, even a marriage. You know, you don't want to push someone past a boundary that they're uncomfortable with. Mm-hmm. 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 So <clears throat> we've got about eight minutes left. Time flies when you're having fun. Um, (laughs) I I was wondering if you could give some additional tips to people who are maybe listening today who are thinking, oh, my gosh, okay. So I heard the one while I was flitting in and out of the matrix. I heard you you say something about um, the stopping the nagging and just going, whatever, you know, you do your thing. I'm going to do mine. And that kind of brought him around. But what other kind of tips do you think that you could give to help um, women in this situation or even men in this situation who really want to help bring that love and affection and that sexual drive and, and, and intercourse into their marriage? Yeah. Well, you know, most of the, most of us, when we are in those situations and we're sexless, we are feeling rejected and we're feeling abandoned, you know? Uh, yeah. Even though we have a partner that might be sitting right next to us, mm-hmm. you know, right, right there on the couch or over there, on the, or over there, or, <laughs> or, or the <laughs> right next to us in bed. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, I mean, the thing that, that, that we have to do as individuals is understand that when those feelings come up, because we're experiencing a situation right now in front of us, which is, you know, possibly sexlessness, uh, those feelings of rejection and abandonment actually stem from something that happened a long time ago. So, you know, from childhood, maybe your parents got divorced, you know, maybe someone else, you know, rejected you in a relationship or whatever, you know? And so for me and and uh, what I had to do and what I always am sharing with, with couples when this comes up is we have to do some inner work on ourselves because when we're rejected and when we feel abandoned, we normally lash out you know, we normally, um, you know, retract back into ourselves. and we give our partner the silent treatment. Uh, we might be, you know, denying mm-hmm. our, 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 our partner's sex when they are ready because now mm-hmm. we're so pissed. Oh, you didn't want me for so long. And all of a sudden you want me, you know, like, I don't think so. Yeah. So there's a lot of inner work that we have to do when we're in it so that when it does come back, you know, we're not, uh, pushing away with our comments, you know, and with anger and uh, we're keeping the line of communication open, but it's light and airy and, and like less pressure. So, you know, doing some inner work on rejection and abandonment uh, is always my first you know, tip. Um, and then if you have a relationship with God, you know, take it to him and uh you know pray and ask for prayer and and build up your faith and and keep building up your hope you know knowing that as you do the work and you stay consistent uh with the work that it will come back at some point um and then i think too just understanding that sometimes periods of sexlessness are normal in a relationship and that we shouldn't just automatically freak out like Mm -hmm. We shouldn't automatically yeah. assume that our husband or wife doesn't love us anymore. 
yeah. which is what I did. I'm like, oh my God, he doesn't love me. Ah, you know, and I was like freaking out. And it's not what mm -hmm. it means. It's not like that's what it automatically means. Like there could be a period of, of sickness. There could be a period of like a health thing. Like our spouse could get diabetes or like a heart condition and that could impact their libido. So, I mean, yeah. there's, there's some things that we just have to be uh, a little more open-minded and patient with as, you know, our spouse is working through whatever, you know, they're working through. Um, and yeah. so that we're, we stay open for when they're ready, then we can actually receive them, you know, back and we don't have any bitterness or resentment or anything like that that has built up. Yeah. You know, and the, and the well, I think that um, I, I love this, Heather. You're so great, and um, I think really the the whole communication thing is the most important thing. Yeah. If you're in a relationship with somebody, whether you're married or long term, you just have to be able to communicate without being angry and, and resentful and say, okay, I, I'm not going to blame this on me. I'm not going to say you're just not attracted to me anymore, but maybe we should talk about what's happening. Yeah. So I think keeping that open is great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I want to thank you for being here today. Oh, yeah, of course. I was going to say and, and getting to the root cause of the sexlessness. So like the sex. Yes. Normally yes. is taken off of the table, but normally it's because something mentally or emotionally has happened before. Mm -hmm. And then the sex. So it normally it's not like your relationship is so amazing and then it just goes away. Normally something has happened or occurred, um, you know, to take the sex off the table. So just understanding the root cause behind that. Love it. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Um, so I uh, want to say thank you for being here again, Jada. You're always the best. I appreciate you holding down. <laughs> of the course. Floor. Of course. Especially when I was like in the third, in the hundredth dimension today. Um, I loved it. It was fun. So thank you. Yeah. So everyone, thank you for coming um, in, you know, same time next week. Oh my God, I can't even speak now. Same, same time, time next time. Thursday. Yep. Same time, same place. And until then, let's keep this shit real. Yes. <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode, please share with your friends. Like and follow us on Instagram at 50 Shades of underscore bullshit and Facebook at 50 Shades of Bullshit. Thanks so much for listening. And we really hope to see you again next week.